0: J-Bone here, and it is time to recap and review the 2023 Canadian Grand Prix. First up, as a little refresher, here is the 2023 Canadian Grand Prix in 60 seconds. Max Verstappen started the race in P1, duh, with Fernando Alonso in P2 and Lewis Hamilton in P3. Lewis passed Alonso at the start, which Lewis said after the race was because Alonso's reactions are getting slower due to his old age. Burn! Oh yeah, Alonso eventually re-overtook Lewis because El Plan. The race may have ended Max Alonzo Hamilton just like it started, but it was not boring and featured a lot of chaos. George Russell hit the wall on lap 12, somehow stayed in the race, then somehow ended up getting up to P8 before having to retire on lap 55. Lando Norris got a penalty for unsportsmanlike behavior, which Americans will know resulted in a loss of 15 yards from the spot of the foul. Nick DeVries and Kevin Magnussen came upon a fork in the road and decided to take the one less traveled because it is not part of the circuit. And Max almost crashed out of the race, then laughed about it because he's a psycho. Also, he drove most of the race with a bird in his car. J-Bone! Now, let's dive into all that in a bit more detail. But first, let's check in with my producer and brother, producer Jeff, who was at the Canadian Grand Prix and most recently was being held captive by Groundhogs. Producer Jeff, are you okay? Hey, J-Bone. I'm actually all good now. Uh, The Groundhogs let me go in exchange for some Formula Bone merch I had in my backpack. Uh, They wanted this pain f1 team hat they wanted this fernando Alonso el shirt uh this other fernando Alonso shirt because they apparently love alonzo and they wouldn't do a prisoner swap for latifi but instead i gave them this go tifi shirt in my canadian grand preview i gave you four formula one storylines to follow for the 2023 canadian grand prix let's see how those shaped up Your first storyline to follow was, could Lance Stroll pull off a surprise win at his home Grand Prix? And to the surprise of literally nobody on earth, except for those out there with the most severe cases of Aston Martin delusion syndrome, Lance Stroll did not win his home Grand Prix in Canada. In fact, he barely finished in the points with a P9 result, and even that could have easily been a P10 if he didn't narrowly edge out Valtteri Bottas by three hundredths of a second after a drag race to the finish line. It didn't help that Stroll got a three-place grid penalty in qualifying for impeding Esteban Ocon that took him from P13 on the starting grid, which is bad, to P16, which is really bad. So much for home field advantage, but I guess the Canadian Grand Prix is in French Canada and Ocon is French, so maybe he is the one who got home field advantage there. Something to think about. After beating his teammate Fernando Alonso in Spain, it seems Lance has returned to form, which in this case, I guess, is a lack of form. But as we all know, what Lance Stroll lacks in form, he makes up for by his dad owning the team. Your second storyline to follow was, Will Mercedes be as successful in Canada as they were at the previous race in Spain? While Mercedes weren't as successful in Canada as they were in Spain, just as I, J-Bone, predicted... Lewis Hamilton did finish on the podium once again, and Mercedes most likely would have finished P3 and P4 had George Russell not been daydreaming about tea and crumpets and slammed into the wall on lap 12. While Mercedes left Canada with just the fourth most points of any team behind Red Bull, Aston Martin, and Ferrari because of George's tea daydream, they still proved to me in Montreal that they are officially the second best team in Formula 1 and the clear team to beat when it comes to second place in the world constructors championship which they currently hold right now maybe if lance stroll could get his act together and help aston martin score more points that wouldn't be the case but alas here we are and with even more mercedes car upgrades coming at silverstone a race toto wolf has said represents mercedes best chance at a win this season that they almost won last year even with their crap car i Fully expect Mercedes to be battling for race wins sooner than later. Your third storyline to follow was: Can Ferrari bounce back after a disappointing Spanish Grand Prix? And breaking news, Formula One fans: Ferrari actually had a good strategy for once. The Ferraris were a lowly P10 and P11 on the Canadian Grand Prix starting grid after poor qualifying sessions, which had the whole world doing the Grand Theft Auto. Here we go again, meme. As we all wanted to see how Ferrari would somehow go from bad to worse during the Grand Prix. And they did not, amazingly. I'm still shocked. The two Ferraris were the only cars on the grid that attempted a one stop tire strategy that included an extended first stint on the mediums. And it absolutely paid off as they finished the race P4 and P5 in what I would consider their best strategy showing of the past year, which I know isn't saying very much, but it's really the only compliment I could think of right now. Could this be a sign that Ferrari are learning and evolving? Will Charles Leclerc finally stop being sad? Will Carlos Sainz be able to operate even more smoothly going forward? Was this an anomaly, or are Ferrari actually learning how to F1? Find out next time on Formula One. Let me quickly tell you about my sponsor, AG1, and I have a new code, so listen up. AG1 is the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I gave AG1 a try for the first time a couple years ago because I wanted a single supplement solution that supports my entire body rather than having to go buy all these different pills and vitamins, and folks, this stuff works. AG1 costs less than $3 per day, which is half the price of your daily coffee and way better for you. I drink AG1 in the morning and it makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body before I even start my day, which is of course the best way to set yourself up for productivity and happiness. I can't really describe the feeling AG1 gives me. It kind of just makes me feel healthy and invigorated. And if you want to experience that feeling, give AG1 a try. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free, one-year supply of vitamin D, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase, go to drinkag1.com slash fbone. That's drinkag1.com slash fbone. Link in the description. Check it out. Your final storyline to follow was, will the Wall of Champions ruin someone's Canadian Grand Prix? And while the Wall of Champions was merciful this year and did not claim the race of any former champions, Max Verstappen did almost crash into a different wall at the race, which, of course, as you all know, he found hilarious. (laughs) Speaking of, I'm just going to come out and say it, Max Verstappen will not go down as the greatest driver in Formula One history. Hear me out. Yes, it's true that in Canada, Max tied Ayrton Senna's career win total of 41 wins, which is the fifth most all-time and Yes, it's also true that if Max keeps dominating, he could get all the way up to solo third in all-time F1 wins by the end of this season, despite the fact that he's only 25 years old right now, which is crazy. Surely he'll be the greatest F1 driver of all time at this rate, right? Right? Wrong. Check out this quote from Max, quote, "'Now that I've won two titles, "'it's nice to win another one and another one, "'but basically it's the same thing. "'It's not something that will keep me in F1 forever.'" end quote. Max is clearly more concerned with being a winner in general than being the F1 GOAT, and in order to get to Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton levels and enter the Formula One GOAT debate, what drives you needs to specifically be winning F1 titles, not just winning in general. This quote from Max tells me that at some point, he'll go seeking other challenges than Formula One, which he has already conquered. As far as what those challenges may be, We know Max is obsessed with both virtual and real life endurance racing, and I think him competing in WEC and or the 24 Hours of Le Mans is going to come sooner than later. And while Max has ruled out competing in the Indy 500 in the past, if he has wins at both Monaco and Le Mans and just needs to win the Indy 500 to become only the second driver ever to complete the triple crown of motorsport, Max is such a winner that I think he just might give it a shot. So no, I don't think Max will go down as the greatest driver in Formula 1 history, but considering he wins it, whatever he does, I do think he could go down as the greatest overall driver in racing history, which is way, way more impressive. Now, here are some additional storylines that popped up over the course of the race weekend, and there were a lot of them. First up, Alex Albon shocked the world at the Canadian Grand Prix somehow getting P7 in a Williams alongside driver of the day honors. Because of Albon's amazing defensive driving performance, Williams are no longer the last place constructor, and this was Williams' best result since Gotifi finished P7 at the Hungaroring in 2021. Esteban Ocon was stuck behind Albon for a lot of the race despite being on fresher tires and stated after the race that, quote, You can't pass them. I think it doesn't matter what car you have. Their straight line speed is really dangerous, end quote. But it's not just about speed, it's how you use it, and Albon used it masterfully. These new Williams upgrades are looking dangerous, and I officially would trust Williams team principal James Vowles with my life. That guy is a star. If Williams keep this up, it is only a matter of years, and not decades, before they return to the top step of the Formula One podium. You may recall that they have not won a race in over a decade right now, as they are winless since 2012, which is what this shirt that I sell is in reference to. j bom Second, Red Bull Racing are now one step closer to achieving the greatest Formula One accomplishment of all time. Red Bull's win in Canada was their 100th win as a team, and they've now won the last nine races in a row, including the first eight races of this season. If this winning streak doesn't stop before the end of the season, Red Bull would become the first team to ever win every single race in a Formula One season, and... Red Bull would be doing that with the cost cap in place, which makes it even more impressive. We all know how good they are at capping costs, after all. I must note that some people claim that Ferrari won every race in the 1952 Formula One season, but that's not true because the Indy 500 was on the 1952 Formula One World Championship calendar and Ferrari competed in it and did not win it, so the lie detector test determined that that was a lie. And no... I don't care that the Indy 500 was run to different regulations than all the rest of the races on that calendar. It was still on the Formula One World Championship calendar in 1952, and Ferrari didn't win it, so no, no team has ever won every race in a season before, which Red Bull have a very legitimate shot at changing this season. Third, let's all appreciate Valtteri Bottas. And not just because he cemented himself as the vibiest, coolest, and most relatable guy on the grid via Alfa Romeo's Canadian Grand Prix social media posts, or because during fb 3 he was driving one-handed while holding onto his mirror, which was falling off of his car, the main reason we all must appreciate Valtteri Bottas is because at the Canadian Grand Prix, he earned his first world championship points since the first race of the season in Bahrain. This ended a six-race scoreless drought for him, and hopefully is the start of a season turnaround for Valtteri, who is literally the coolest guy on earth, and candidly, I wish I was him. If you aren't rooting for Botas to finish in the points every single week, you're just jealous of how cool he is. Finally, the Canadian Grand Prix weekend easily had the most chaotic team radio messages of the season thus far, Okay. Here are my top five team radio messages from the Canadian Grand Prix. Number five goes to Valtteri Bottas for this dad joke that he dropped during the rainy FP2 session when he commented that the rain was, quote, good weather for a duck. (laughs) Number four goes to Charles Leclerc's controversial race engineer, Javi, for telling Leclerc, quote, signs will not attack you, which is giving off major... Signs isn't real. He can't hurt you. Vibes. Number three goes to Max Verstappen for, quote, I almost knocked myself out on that curb. Ha 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 ha. ha." Which was him being a complete lunatic and laughing after he almost pulled a George Russell and ended his own race by slamming into the wall. Number two goes to Alonzo for this superhero line. Copy. Leave it to me. After his engineer told him Lewis was gaining on him, and number one is only number one in memoriam, not because it's cool or good. It's Max telling his race engineer, quote, I think I hit a bird. Rest in peace, bird. I will remember you. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that is the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Something that I love about Indeed and the reason that I use it to hire is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. Indeed is truly an unbelievably powerful hiring platform, and it's the number one source of hires in the U.S., according to Talent S. That is crazy. You gotta get on there. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash FBone. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash FBone. Just go to Indeed.com slash FBone and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast, Indeed.com slash FBone. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed. Next up, here's how my three bona fide race predictions fared at the 2023 Canadian Grand Prix. My first race prediction was that Fernando Alonso would finish in the top two, and ding ding, J Bone got that one right as Alonso cruised to a delectable P2 finish in Canada. J Bone! Yeah! My second race prediction was that Checo Perez would have not finish on the podium in Canada, and ding ding, J-Bone also got that one right, as Checo ended up finishing P6 in Canada. J-Bone, J-Bone! My third race prediction was that Lance Stroll would finish in the top five at his home Grand Prix, and while that did not hit, two out of three is pretty, pretty, pretty good. You also may remember that I predicted the Canadian Grand Prix's top five finishers, and my predictions were as follows. P5 Lance Stroll, P4 Checo Perez, P3 Lewis Hamilton, P2 Fernando Alonso, P1 Max Verstappen, which, yes, means that I, J-Bone, correctly predicted the Canadian Grand Prix podium. J-Bone! Next up, it is time to respond to some Canadian Grand Prix-themed voicemails left on the Bone phone. If you want your voicemail featured on the Bone Phone, simply call the phone number in the description and leave a message, or head to the Formula Bone Discord and submit a voice memo in the Bone Phone Submissions channel. A Discord invite link is in the description as well. You should join my Discord even if you don't plan on submitting a call because my Discord is tight and there are over 1,000 Formula One fans in there that you can talk Formula One with. Here's the first call. Hey, j this is Jess from Idaho, and uh, I have uh, two questions for you. Firstly, this is Checo's third poor qualifying and poor race in a row. Do you think he has reason to be worried? And secondly, Alex Albon in the points after these upgrades for Williams, do you think that Williams, with Logan as well, assuming that his car doesn't break, they can actually, like, put themselves solidly in the midfield? Uh, Just appreciate your thoughts. j I'll be honest, Checo Perez definitely does have reason to be worried about losing his seat at Red Bull right now after how the last three races have gone for him. After putting himself solidly in the World Drivers' Championship equation by winning two of the season's first four races, Checo has really fallen off as of late. He's in, inarguably, the greatest race car relative to the field that we've seen in quite some time in Formula 1, and yet... Through the last three races, all races that his teammate in the same car won handily, Checo has finished P16, P4, and P6, which are all, honestly, unacceptable results as far as Helmut Marko and Christian Horner will be concerned. Checo has the yips right now, and unless he snaps out of them here soon, I truly do think he is at risk of losing his seat to a young up-and-comer or even... Charles Leclerc? And as far as whether or not I think Williams can put themselves solidly in the midfield goes, I don't know about solidly in the midfield, but I do think that if these upgrades are as good as they look and Logan can start stringing together some points finishes, Williams could definitely get as high as P7 in the World Constructors Championship, which would be their highest finish since 2017 and a massive, massive win for them in James Vowles. We Trust. Next call. I have a question about a possible driver mix-up that may occur next year. If Nick DeVries continues to perform so poorly throughout the rest of the year, I wonder if they will sack him for Daniel Ricciardo, which will play as Yuki's test to being a strong number one driver on a team, which could possibly lead Yuki to have a Red Bull seat for the 2025 season. J-Bone. In my opinion, if Daniel Ricciardo ever were going to go to AlphaTauri, which he never would because he wants to fight for championships still, and AlphaTauri, as Red Bull's B team, of course, are inherently incapable of fighting for championships, Daniel would already be on the team instead of Nick DeVries. Uh, Also, Helmut Marco has said that the person who's going to replace Nick DeVries, if it comes to that, would be a Red Bull junior driver like Liam Lawson or Ayumu Iwasa. But do I hope Daniel does get back on the grid at some point? Duh. Subscribe now so that I can see you back here for my Austrian Grand Prix view where I'll give you everything that you need to know before you watch the Austrian Grand Prix, including J-Bone's bona fide race predictions, which are clearly amazing because I did incredible for Canada. Special shout out to my top Patreon supporters and YouTube channel members, Kulki, at Rated Bookie, and Glow! Check the Patreon and YouTube channel member links in the description to see how you can get your name shouted out in all of my videos. Until next time, folks, J-Bomb! We're friends now, right? Now, yeah. j